42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, and actually the world's youngest man named Justin. Justin Knight. How are you, Justin? Hey, it's going great. Yeah, I don't know any other Justins under um, that are you know younger than 24, so I think that may be true. Yeah, I mean, I didn't look too hard into it, but I thought about it for a second. I was like, he's probably the youngest Justin I know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any more Justins out there. I'm the yeah, last one. Uh, great. Well, good for you. Proud of you. Thanks. Doing good things. I worked hard. Justin, this week we're going to talk about... And by the way, well, good to be back. We were off last week. Um, uh, I mean, I guess it's good to be back. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's great to be back, Justin. Uh, but this week we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit about Auburn and the Super Regionals. Uh, we're going to talk about Ron Fitzpatrick. He is retired from the NFL. The Deshaun Watson rumors and allegations going on. And, of course, the uh, the PGA tour suspending 17 players as much as uh, as well as the NBA Finals. So we're going to be all over the place today. Uh, try to keep it quick and choppy so that we can uh, get through it all, Justin. But we'll start out with the biggest news of the week, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, since our last episode... The biggest news of the week is that Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss football coach, he made a Twitter account for his pet dog, and it's the uh, it's the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen. I've never blocked an animal on Twitter, but I uh, I blocked this dog within like one hour. Wow, already, huh? Yeah, yeah. What's your opinion on on social media accounts for animals? I don't like it. Uh, I think it's pretty stupid. I think you're just trying to show off and get attention. You can't do it through yourself, so you're like, oh, I'll get an animal. And I'll get the attention through that. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure it's like his wife or daughter that's running the account. But, Still, uh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, he's retweeting it like crazy. I I, I blocked a dog. I, did, I don't even have mm. anything against the dog. I just like I was like I can't. This is all that it's on my timeline. I can't do this. And I blocked yeah. it. Yeah. Once it yeah. gets too much, I don't want to see a dog anymore. Mm. You hate dogs. I don't hate dogs. I mean, I don't think I want a dog. That's that's the problem. Just because of everything I hear. I, you know, my sister-in-law, they have a dog. They have two dogs. And um, do you mind? Do you want to hear a little story? Uh, yes, I'd love to hear a story about just be this quick. dog. So, I mean, this dog, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. This dog's huge. It's probably like 100 pounds. Um, but I think one night they were sleeping. The dog, I guess, sleeps with him or on a little bed next to him. Um, but uh, he has he has some little leakage from his uh, butt, you know, from time to time. And so it just went all over the mattress, and it was they just had to wipe his butt. And I was just thinking, yeah, I don't think I ever want a dog. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Uh, I don't I don't like that either. Um, but you know, I hope the dog gets the help it needs. <laughs> Ugh, yuck. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want a dog anymore after that either. I've had dogs. Uh, yeah, you've had mine, a couple. Mine have, all been, mine have all been outside dogs, though. 
Nobody yeah. cares. What are we doing? Let's, I'm going to have to cut most of this. Let's keep, let's keep him rolling. Um, in today's news, after the Angels' hot start to the season was all but undone by a 12-game losing streak, manager Joe Madden was relieved of his duties on Tuesday. Uh, third base coach Phil Nevin, he took over as interim manager for the remainder of the season with bench coach Mike Gallego uh, moving to the third base coach role. Not often do you see a former World Series champion manager get fired, but uh, hey, it's a, it's a brut- brutal and cruel world out there, Justin. Hey, I mean, it's happened twice because the Phillies fired uh, Joe uh, GR. I don't know how you say his last name. Fired him too? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, It's not a good time so, to be uh, Joe and a manager in baseball. That's true. Joe manager, as they call him. Yeah. Joe uh, Manager. EA Sports released its look at its cover of Madden 20, uh, NFL 23. And in a homage to its namesake, the cover of the video game will have one person on it, John Madden. Uh, of course, Madden, the Hall of Fame coach who died uh, late last December, will be on the cover of all three editions of the year's game, which will be released in August. It's the first time in over two decades that, Mad- uh, that Madden will be the facial point of the cover, focal point of the cover. I don't know why I said facial which is trended toward using current athletes. Uh, you're going to get Madden NFL 23, Justin. When's the last time you got a Madden game? You know, I actually got uh, last year's Madden because I hadn't gotten a Madden since Madden 18, I believe. So I was just like, yeah, eh, you know, I'll get it <clears throat> and I'll check it out. <sighs> you know, it's okay. I just think it, it's kind of the gameplay is kind of choppy, you know, and especially for a game, it's Madden. 22 you expect the gameplay to be pretty smooth and it just kind of runs a little bit better but i just feel like this is the majority of ea sports games and a lot of people have issues with them i mean they haven't changed anything for the past six seven eight probably ten years i mean it's been the same thing um i won't get it Uh, that's probably the only good thing that'll be about the madden is that is the cover yeah i i don't think i'll get it either i I get it. I get whichever ones come for free on Game Pass, where you because I pay for that. Yeah. And so I'll, if it's on there, I might download it. Well, I got last year's and I played it maybe once, but like I said, I didn't. I didn't pay just for it. I had Game Pass and downloaded it. I was like, yeah. yeah, this is. Yeah, I think I got it when they were running the deal when it was like twenty, thirty bucks, and I was like, oh, I might as well. They're running the deal on it. I had gotten a man in a while. Let's check it out. But yeah, it, it's not really good. I will say I like this better than what they did EA Sports or no. 2K, what 2K did with um, with the Kobe Bryant cover, because uh, yeah. uh, the Kobe Bryant cover, like it was just, it felt weird because they were profiting so much off of his death because his version was more than every other version. Like if you wanted the Kobe Bryant, it was like thirty dollars. Yeah, it was like more. seventy or eighty bucks. Yeah, and I was like, this feels weird, but I think this is a little better because it's on every cover, which I think yeah. is uh, it's a nice touch. I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Harvard educated quarterback who brought his Fitz magic to the NFL for nine teams spanning 17 seasons confirmed his retirement to the Associated Press in a text message last week. Um, in 17 seasons, Fitzpatrick started 147 games, throwing for 34,990 yards, 223 touchdowns, 169 interceptions. He began his career as a seventh-round draft pick for the St. Louis Rams in 2005. And he has played for the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, the Texans, the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and Washington during his career. 
And he started for all nine teams, which is an NFL record among quarterbacks. I like Fitzpatrick. I, uh, I hate to see him go. He's got a cool beard, but uh, but good on him. He, I'm sure he's got plenty of money now. Oh yeah, he's he's done. He's done fine. Yeah, he seemed like a pretty cool guy. Um, always had a pretty good attitude. And um, <laughs> the only thing I remember those when he was with the Jets, and they I think they had just needed to win one more game to make the playoffs, and he threw like five or six interceptions that game. <laughs> I, I saw that um, this is a, tre- a tweet by Matthew Barry. It says, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the 250th pick of the 2005 NFL Draft, the 16th and final quarterback drafted of that draft class. Only Aaron Rodgers has more career touchdown passes. That's wow. pretty cool. Wow, that's very impressive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, good on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But moving on to more NFL news, all-pro defensive tackle Aaron Donald is returning to the Los Angeles Rams with a big raise that will make him the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL. The Rams reworked, reworked Donald's deal to give him a $40 million raise over the last three years of his existing contract, uh, making him the first non-quarterback to eclipse $30 million per season. The reworked deal brings the total value of Donald's contract to $95 million over three years. That is a lot of money, but uh, he probably deserves it. Yeah, and I don't think the Rams have a salary cap. I don't think it exists for them because they keep throwing <laughs> out these big deals for everybody, and there's you know, yeah. the so-called salary cap that they have in the NFL. I don't see it. Yeah, well, we're going to talk a bit about uh, some potential in the salary cap here in just a bit. But first, Walmart heir Rob Walton has won the bidding for the NFL's Denver Broncos franchise for $4.6 billion the most expensive team sale for any sports franchise in history. It's expected to take 60 to 90 days for the purchase to be approved, barring any issues. If you had, if you had, let's say you had $50 billion, Justin, would you spend 4.6 of it on the Denver Broncos? Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I, there's a lot more profitable and like just teams around the world. Not just football. Like, um, no, I don't. I wouldn't spend on that. Now, if I'm the previous owner of the Broncos, I am living good. I just, <laughs> I'm walking off in the sunset with 4.6 billion in my pocket. Probably not 4.6 billion. You know, whatever else. I don't know how much he really gets for it, but he's doing okay. I want to see what the net worth is. So he's worth. So this Rob Walton, he's the Walmart guy. It's worth 57.6 billion. That's. God, I mean, that's he's worth that much. Yeah, he's worth Jeez. that. I think they're like, I'm pretty sure they're the, the richest family in America, the Waltons, because yeah. they're all really wit, rich. But, uh, but, yeah, that's crazy. So that's that's just like a chunk of change for him. That's like. No, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Speaking of money, though, Fanatics Collectibles and Tops have announced comprehensive agreements to produce collegiate football and basketball trading cards. Partnerships that include nearly 150 universities and separately more than 200 name, image, and likeness deals of athletes. Beginning this fall, Tops will release non-exclusive trading cards featuring current athletes from roughly 100 universities, and the deals uh, fall under NIL rights and put money in the pockets of some of college sports' biggest names. Athletes won't be uh, restricted from signing for other trading card companies, and deals can vary in value from player to player, and according to a source familiar with negotiations, could be up to five figures. I had no idea that the trading card company was still this big because uh, I didn't think anybody 
use them anymore. Yeah, I was just about to say, this almost sounds like a waste of money because I don't know of anybody that still does this. I mean, when we were kids, and even before that, it was big, It was huge. I mean, I used to love collecting. It was really just baseball cards, you know, professional yeah. baseball players. I'd collect I, uh, trade, trading cards, but I don't think they even... I didn't think they did it anymore. Or if they do, nobody gets it. Yeah, it, it, we we were at the tail end of it too. Like when when we had uh, yeah. it, it was still pretty. Like there was it wasn't huge like it was 10, 20 years before that. Uh, you know, yeah. like I was like, oh yeah, cool. These cards are cool, but I wasn't like that. Wasn't what I was going for at a store if I could buy a toy. I wasn't gonna get the the tops cards or whatever. Well, so. I would I would do that sometimes. It would just be the tops card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think like that's even went down since, like you know, the tw- the fifteen twenty years since then, it's fell off even oh, more. Yeah, it's it's had to. I yeah. mean, I don't understand where they're where they're trying to go with this. I mean, cool idea, but I, it's a little too late. Should have done this a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, I think so as well. But uh, cool. I mean, they know their business if they think they can. Uh, yeah, sell maybe there's people. I mean, out I still see it. them out. You can oh, still yeah, go see get them out, at Walmart. Like, when you yeah. go check out, they're in the aisle when you check out right there. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know who's buying it because, I mean, when you think about kids nowadays, they're not doing that. They're, I mean, it's video games. I want to look up how popular is Pops cards. I know, like, Pokemon cards are still huge. And, like, oh, yeah, that's Yu-Gi-Oh still big. And that kind of stuff. Um, it looks like it's having, supposedly it's having a little bit of a resurgence, but it looks like it's, um, here we go. This the Boston.com says sports card collecting is booming, but it looks a lot different than you might remember. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it's a lot of collectors. Uh, this kind of a lot of it's for an older demographic. Yeah, which uh, makes sense. It's still older people that are still buying. Yeah, still these into cards. It. Yeah, so that's cool. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I get. Yeah, because I was thinking just selling it to kids, but yeah, there would be a, you know sports collectors and card collectors that get these too. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's a, uh, Justin, you have a bit of news for us. Uh, the Auburn uh, Auburn baseball is in the Super Regional. They're going to be playing Oregon State here tonight. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how they've done so far and what they got going on? Mm. Well, um, yeah, because we didn't have an episode last week, so we didn't really talk about the regional either. You know, Auburn hosted a regional for the first time. I think it was in 12 years, and they swept it. They went 3-0. and I believe they... they um, Scored. It was like 51 runs in three games, which was a record for most runs in a span of three games in a tournament, a regional appearance. Um, and then they just played last night. They had to travel to Oregon. Uh, Oregon. Um, they're playing Oregon State, um, which Oregon State's number three seed in the NCAA baseball tournament. And pretty good start. Um, pitching, you know, they gave up four runs in the first, but. After that, they only gave up one run in the ninth. Uh, Auburn won seven to five. Uh, the bats have still looking good. They haven't cooled off yet. Um, probably one of the better lineups we've had since, even when they made it to the World Series back in nineteen. I mean that lineup was pretty good. But I think this lineup, top to bottom, is very good. Especially uh, Sonny Teixeira, who, I mean, this guy transferred from Samford. You wouldn't really expect much. I mean, I don't know how Samford baseball is. He played there for three years, but this guy's hit 394 on the season, 21 home runs, like 56 RBIs, and his on-base percentage is incredible. It's it's like 562, which is unheard of. Um, so, you know, I think 
they have a good shot of winning tonight too, making it back to the World Series. And I don't think really a lot of people talk about it, but you know Auburn baseball they've made it. This is the third regional in the past four years, third super regional in the past four years, and then another chance to go to the World Series, which is huge because I mean really before Butch Thompson, Auburn had made it to only like two or three super regionals, and now he's made it to three and chance to make it to a second World Series. So I think he's done a great job with the program and great job recruiting. And um, I think they should do the same thing, kind of like what they did with um, Bruce Pearl. It gives this guy, you know, another, a lifetime contract or just give him another big contract. Because I think he's still fairly young. He's in his 50s, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I'm really impressed with what he's done. And I'll, my only concern with Auburn is just pitching over time. I mean, the pitching has been okay throughout the season. I will say this past couple weeks it's been pretty good, but my concern is pitching. But really the bats, top to bottom, have been great. So I hope they win tonight, and I'm excited to see them in the World Series again. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, of course, and then we'll uh, we'll come back around to that next week, talk about it regardless of what happens just a bit. But yeah, and then um, another note just to say for SEC baseball, because we know how it is, um, I think – they have a good shot, five SEC teams to make it, and there's eight total teams that make it to the World Series. So you could have five out of the eight that are from the SEC. So that would be pretty cool. I just don't want Tennessee. Hate Tennessee. Tennessee, golly, I just got to – let me get it out there. I hope there's no Tennessee baseball fans out there listening. Tennessee baseball sucks. I hate their players, hate the coach. It's just they're so annoying to watch. They're so cocky. And have even I mean they haven't made it to the World Series since I don't know when. These guys act like they've already won it. So they they have to beat Notre Dame today. If they lose, they're out. So I'll be <laughs> this is the only time I'll root for Notre Dame. Uh, Tennessee posted an article their athletic department did this week calling themselves an everything school. I thought that yeah, was yeah. See, uh, come on, you haven't done crap in football. <laughs> And then you just now, basketball, you won the SEC championship, but you didn't really do much in the tournament. You haven't, I mean, you haven't done much in basketball except the past few years and yeah. everything. School, what else are they good in? They don't do anything. Softball, they don't do anything. I haven't heard of anything in softball. Um, what else? Soccer, are they good in soccer? Probably not. Everything, school. <laughs> what about track and field? You don't hear their names. I don't hear anybody's name in track and field. But Florida. moving on, though. Florida. Okay. They just won the national Great. championship, men and women's. Well, good on them. That's good. Uh, we do have to move on, though. To something else you're going to be very interested in, Justin. The PGA Tour has suspended yeah, 17 players, uh, including six-time major winner Phil Mickelson, um, former world number one Dustin Johnson, after they teed off at a controversial tournament backed by Saudi Arabia. Uh, the PGA Tournament Commissioner Jay Monaghan said the players in question had, quote, decided to turn their backs on the PGA Tour by willfully violating a regulation, and that, quote, the same fate holds true for any other players who participate in future Saudi Golf League events in uh, violation of our regulations. Um, yeah, so we knew something was going to come from this. Uh, not a great look for those players who went to go get rich off of Saudi Arabia. but uh, So we knew there was going to be some kind of repercussions. I don't think this will be... It won't last long. That, uh, and I think that um, that a lot of them are going to appeal it and probably have it appealed. But I think they're going to be allowed to play in the U.S. Open this coming week because that's governed by the USGA. 
Yeah, and like I said, the the, uh, the suspension was pretty vague, what was said. I think that it'll be appealed and that they'll probably get it appealed. And I yeah. think this is more of like a slap on the wrist warning shot than uh, than anything. But we'll, we'll keep up with it. We'll find out. But in more, even more controversial news and the big news since last episode, another active lawsuit has been placed against uh, now Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, bringing the total number of allegations in the form of some sort of sexual assault with the masseuses to 24. Uh, though Watson was not charged by a grand jury, his troubles with the matter are not over. Uh, the New York Times found that over 17 months, Watson visited 66 massage therapists. Uh, it is very likely that Watson will face some sort of punishment by the NFL, though no one can be quite sure what that will look like just yet. Um, being cleared by a grand jury does help his case, but... It's hard to imagine a scenario as of right now where he does not face some sort of suspension, whether that be a game, a few games, or a season. And as the Boston Globe reported, and this is in their quote here, even if the lawsuits come out in favor of Watson, the NFL still has to come down hard. Ezekiel Elliott has, was suspended for six games for a sexual assault allegation that didn't result in charges. Ben Roethlisberger got six games and had it reduced to four despite no charges on multiple sexual assault allegations. Watson engaged in repeated activity over a year and a half that, even if it's not found to be illegal, certainly presents a damaging picture of him as a predator. A year-long suspension seems within the realm of possibility. The NFL has to go harder than the six games given to Elliott in 2017. End of quote. Um, yeah, if look, I, we're not going to speculate on this, Justin, because it's above our pay grade. I don't think it's appropriate for us to talk about it. I will say, though, that if the NFL finds that if any or all of these allegations have any substance, then they need to definitely come down hard on this. And, uh, you know, that's that's not for me to determine how hard or when or to what degree. But um, I think we can all agree that if if they find that, yeah, the, there is some substance to this, which seems likely right now, but we don't know, then, yeah, they need to uh, they need to do something pretty serious about it. Yeah, it sounds it just sounds like he's addicted to it. It just sounds like um, <laughs> I don't really know what in the world he's thinking, especially, you know, the kind of image he had back in college. Um, and then he was finally let loose and. Now we see what how he really is. Um, I and I know that yeah. I, I think that some of the women, or maybe a chunk of them, I'll have to look into this. I don't take this as concrete, but I'm pretty sure that I read that like a lot of them aren't even masseuses. It was just women he met on Instagram and was asking to get a massage. Just oh, weird. yeah. It's a just weird so thing they can to come ask. Over. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. He's. I thought. I thought he had a girlfriend too at some point, but maybe not. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it seems he just seems like a weird dude now with <laughs> everything he's doing. Then um, I don't know. He it just seems like he's an addict to it. He's he's just addicted to it. He can't get enough. Well, and the other thing is, if the Browns lose him for a season, what do they do? I I mean, I they're going to hey, try to ba- hold on to Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. I guess. <laughs> But this week, there's been a big rumor that they're about to release Baker Mayfield because he wants out so much, which we've been hearing that for a while, but it seems like that actually might be about to happen. And yeah, so it's like, well, I don't think he would play you, for him. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do if you don't have Watson or Baker Mayfield? If you get rid of what could have been your franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield and then lose 
who is going to be your next franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and now you don't have a quarterback. <laughs> That's... So yeah, third string guy, whoever it is. If you cut Deshaun Watson, I think it's like 195 million in cap space or something like that. That's a lot of uh, a lot of money. Yeah, the only way they else. cut him is if um, I guess they find guilty and then whatever comes of that. But I th- I feel like at that point though, there's probably something written in the contract. If you're found guilty of any of anything like that, you 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 lose your contract. You, you know, you don't have to pay any of that. Now I think that is typically the case. But I think because this happened after the allegations, it was wrote in that he gets a substantial amount of money regardless of what happens. Mm. Well, the Browns have never yeah. been the smartest, so. <laughs> I'm not 100% on that, but I believe I believe I remember hearing that. that it's not the full amount, but he still gets a lot of money whether he plays or not. Because they knew the risks they were getting into with him. So, mm. I don't know. It's weird. It's we- Also, like, what happens... The Texans get those first-round picks regardless, so they could lose. The Browns could lose Deshaun Watson, and they escape away their first-round picks for no reason. Yeah, yep, that's crazy. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, that's that that decision has to come soon. July is when it's got to come out on Deshaun yeah. Watson's on the suspension. So, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll stay updated with that. Um, but anyway, we've got to we've got to move on, Justin, to our Weird uh, news of the week segment, Mismanagers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity and specialty and news to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of, world of mismanagers. Justin. Now that we've had two weeks off, I've had we've got two weeks worth of uh, weird stories here. I've, I've narrowed it down to five. Most of them I'll just read the headlines for. All right, but okay, uh, we got some weird stuff got? going on. Well, this comes from uh, travelandleisure.com, but you can find it on any big news site right now. A viral video came out a couple weeks ago, May thirty first, I believe, and it showed Mona Lisa. Covered in cake after a man disguised in wig vandalized the painting. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw he just he threw it at a glass uh, or bulletproof protection thing, and uh, he was really proving a point there. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, it hit the glass protecting the painting. Uh, the famous work was not damaged. Uh, still, how do you just let a guy waltz in there with like a cake? Yeah, I was about to say, what is he doing in there with cake? I mean, yeah. If you're not if you're not careful, the cake could have a bomb in it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he just walked into that. What are you? Yeah, what are you doing? It's weird. Oh, I'm here to celebrate weird. somebody's birthday. I've got a cake with me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this this article points out there's been a lot of stuff happened to Mona Lisa over the uh, the 500 years it's been around, but uh, it's fun. Do you think, Justin? There's a there's a a real conspiracy that's not the real Mona Lisa. The real one is like heavily guarded. That's a, a reprint. Do you think there's any truth to that? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised considering it was, you know, the Mona Lisa was stolen back in, I think it was the early 1900s, and it was gone for a long time. And then they finally found it with some dude. It was in, um, gosh, I don't remember where it was. It may have been in Italy or something. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's underground somewhere and it's just guarded. And wasn't it? Wasn't it stolen? I don't know if it was stolen during during a World War II as well, but um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. 
at all, not so one bit. You're around. The, you're around. You're about right. So it was stolen in 1911 uh, by an yeah. employee who briefly worked there. They found it two years later when someone tried to sell it. That's in right. Two years. Yeah. Um, and then there was an acid attack in the 1950s. Um, mm. Someone tried to throw acid at it, or they did. I don't know to what extent, but uh, yeah. Well, I, there's actually something pretty interesting to. Speaking of paintings, I'll just say it real quick. There is a painting that they thought was actually painted by Da Vinci, and it sold for a crazy amount. But they just found out, I think a few months ago, that it was actually painted by one of his assistants. <laughs> and so this that guy sucks. just sold it for millions and millions of dollars. And but it, you know, it turns out to be fake. So the guy that sold it, genius. The guy who bought it, mm, sucks for him. Mm. This story comes from DailyDot.com. Uh, speaking of things sucking for them, this would suck for the employees at a Popeyes. Uh, the title of this is Popeyes manager hits teen worker who reportedly tried to clock out. He accuses oh the workers gosh. of being disrespectful. Yeah, um, you can actually watch the video of this where he's caught on camera hitting a 16-year-old girl employee who wanted to clock out. He's later arrested, charged with battery and cruelty to children in his first degree. Um, yeah, there's maybe just don't hire people like that and definitely don't promote them, you know? <laughs> like, why is that guy a manager? Well, I mean, I guess I understand now where a lot of people don't want to work in these places anymore. I feel like fast food now, that's where you just need to get the uh, robots at this point because nobody wants to work in fast food. You might as well just get robots to work there. Yeah, and like it's, you know, and, and a lot a lot of, and there's nothing wrong with working in fast food. I've got friends oh, that no. have worked in it. But um, yeah, it seems like a nightmare. <laughs> it seems like just the worst yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, this comes from UPI.com. Workers rescued after getting trapped in a chocolate tank. Ooh, I mean, I wouldn't want to be rescued. <laughs> Keep me in the chocolate tank. Yeah, this is like a Willy Wonka situation. Two people yeah. were rescued after getting trapped in a large tank of chocolate in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Um, two people got trapped in the tank at the Mars Wrigley plant in Elizabethtown. So that's pretty good chocolate. That's, that's good stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, so they're doing okay. Uh, the borough has a population of approximately 11,600. Uh, why does that matter? Uh, da -da -da -da. They were not badly hurt at the time. They were taken to the hospital. Uh, yeah, doesn't really say how they got trapped in the chocolate, but that sounds that sounds like a fun time. Yeah, they had a good time. Yeah, I think so. Unless it was like boiling hot chocolate, which they yeah, that just came across my mind. I was like, what if it was really hot <laughs> chocolate? Uh, that's less fun. This comes from APNews.com. Disorder in the court. Cockroaches released during hearing. <laughs> just some random person released some cockroaches. <laughs> Well, a courthouse in upstate New York was closed for fumigation Tuesday after hundreds of cockroaches were released during an altercation that broke out and uh, an arraignment. Uh, the clash broke it, out during proceedings. There's a hundred cockroaches. <laughs> hundreds, multiple. Yeah. Uh, the hundreds, clash yeah. broke out during proceedings in Albany City Court for four people for an arrest at the state capitol. A defendant who started uh, to film the uh, courtroom proceedings was told to stop in the altercation that followed. Hundreds of cockroaches brought into the courthouse and plastic containers were released. Uh, the bug release was being investigated while the courthouse was closed for the rest of the day. Uh, wow. Court officers arrested a 34-year-old woman in the audience for charges related to the altercation, including disorderly conduct, obstructing governmental administration, and tampering with physical evidence. She was released 
Um, it is not immediately clear whether she had an attorney to speak on her behalf. Weird. That's a weird way. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, "What's your what's our escape plan? We're going to get charged. Uh, I can I can dump like five hundred cockroaches into the court." Yeah, that, that's right. that's Do an it. automatic uh, death penalty right there. Death sentence right then and there. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible, disgusting. They just need to burn the whole courthouse down. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, yeah. And the Huffington Post, uh, they have a story. Rhode Island home that inspired the Conjuring movie sells for more than $1.5 million. Who is buying uh, this? Justin, if you let's go back to where you have $50 billion, so $1 million means nothing to you. Would you buy a super haunted home? I would buy it just for others to rent it out. I would not get close to it. I would okay, buy like it an and maybe make it into like some kind of haunted museum. Okay. Uh, yeah, it sold for $1.525 million, uh, higher than the $1.2 million asking price. Uh, yeah, so this is this is where all this stuff went down in the 70s. Have you ever watched any of the Conjuring movies? Uh, Annabelle? Uh, nope. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where this stuff goes on. That's where this happens. So that's, uh, that's kind of scary. It's kind of spooky. Supposedly, or just some crazy person killed everybody there, and they just said... It's a ghost. Ooh. Yeah, did any? I don't know if anyone actually died in these houses. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, I don't know the the history of these because they they make it a little. They up the the ante in the movies. So I don't know oh, what actually yeah, happened obviously. in real life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if anybody died or not. I don't really know the story. I've never looked into it. Yeah. Well, we are up against a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals and uh, do a little Professor Knight segment, which we all love and enjoy. Mm, so we'll be right yeah, back. You do. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Nick. That's Justin. And we are going to talk about the NBA Finals that are in full swing and with four Boo. games behind. The Celtics and the Warriors, both teams, are tied 2-2 two to two in the series. Game 5 is airing tomorrow, Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time. And just as a little recap of what happened so far, the Celtics got the best of Game 1, winning 120-108, to 108, before the Warriors came back strong, winning 107-88 to 88 in Game 2. Game three was this past Wednesday, where the Celtics took the series lead 116 to 100. Uh, and finally, in what was arguably Steph Curry's greatest finals game thus far, the Warriors tied the series back up in a game uh, they won 107 to 94. Curry was phenomenal in this game, especially in the second half 43 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and through four games in the 2022 NBA Finals now. Curry is averaging 34.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and is shooting 49.8% from the floor, 49.1% from three-point range. And as for Game 5 tomorrow, Golden State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but as we've seen thus far, it's either team's game, ultimately. But Justin, who do you have to win, not just tomorrow night, but also just the series in general? Uh, hopefully nobody. I could care less. Um, <laughs> I've watched probably a total of four to five minutes of it. Um, it's just, I don't find ba NBA basketball really entertaining like it used to be. 
Um, I, I, now I hated it when, um, you had the heat and the heat made it to like four straight finals. I mean, I hated the heat at the time, but I enjoyed watching those finals. Like I enjoyed the Mavericks and heat series or the heat and Spurs series were great, especially that seven game series. That was awesome. Um, but I just, once Golden State started making it to all these finals, I was like, ugh, it's just, it's not fun. It's just the same team every year. Um, I it's just boring. I don't like it. It now last year was fine because it was the Bucks and the Suns. It was two completely new teams to the finals, and that was pretty entertaining. But I just don't. I can't get into NBA basketball. There's no team I support. Um, it's fine. It used. I used to watch it. You know when I was younger. But I don't have any interest. But I'll just say the Celtics because I don't. I hate the Warriors, but I don't really like the Celtics either. Well, I don't um I don't have a team I follow either and I don't watch much basketball as you know, but I do watch the finals every year to an extent. And uh and this year I'd have watched most of every game. Uh there's been a there's I think well, game surprising. three the one on I know. The one on Wednesday I only caught like the last twenty minutes of. But outside of that I've watched watched most of, of all of them. So um I'll watch tomorrow. I'll 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 finish this out. But uh but yeah, basketball is not. It's it's obviously not my favorite sport. It's not what I uh, what I'm really into. It never really was. But I, I do like watching the finals. I like watching all the fanfare around it as well. And and uh, I, I get excited at seeing other people get excited by it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the finals yeah. used to be. It used to be. It was better. I I just don't like it as much now because I used to watch it. Yeah, every year, but I stopped. I think it's when the Warriors probably made it to like their fourth or fifth straight finals and i was just like this is old i'm so tired of this um yeah so i don't really watch anymore i like college basketball but nba i just can't really get into yeah i think that um that this year's is a little more interesting with warriors just because so much and and i know this isn't like a true statement by any means but it feels like a lot of the time it is just steph curry out there uh particularly more so this year than in some previous ones so so that's fun because it's kind of like a, you know, it, even though he's not an underdog by any means and never should be literally a favorite tomorrow night, uh, he kind of feels like if he doesn't do it, nobody's going to. So that's that that part makes it fun. But uh, but yeah, it's still, at the end of the day, it's still the Warriors. So so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll come back around to it. That'll be finished up by uh, by next episode. So we'll review that and then uh, and then move on more into the build up for college football after that but justin uh we have to move on to your famous segments where we're going to learn a thing or two in the learning corner with professor knight all right students gather round and put on your listening ears it's time to visit the learning corner with professor knight what are we learning today professor Hmm. all right so today you know i love my history so i just have to throw some more history at y'all so today in history, it was June 12th, 1987, where President Reagan, he challenged Gorbachev to tear down this wall. In reference to this wall, it was the Berlin Wall that separated East and West Germany. Uh, a little backstory in it, you know, following uh, the war, and World War II in 1945, you know, we hoped maybe for a better you know, situation with Germany, because, you know, at the end of World War One, terrible sanctions on them, which you know, put the rise to Hitler and Nazi Germany. So we're like, okay, let's make it a little better. 
still nothing worked because Germany ended up getting separated into East and West. Uh, East being controlled by the Soviet Union, and West was more, uh, you had the United States, uh, Great Britain, and France. They each had like different uh, sections of West Germany. Um, so the wall, I believe the wall was put up, uh, yeah, 61, 1961, when the wall was uh, put up by East German government to prevent citizens from escaping to the West. Uh, so obviously you want it to be in West Germany. You do not want to be in East Germany because Soviet Union, as we all know at the time, terrible place. Um, and of course this speech was given uh, when Reagan was talking about tearing down this wall. It was 1987. He gave a big speech. I believe he was in West Germany at the time. Yeah, he was in West Berlin. Um, and then it was two years later they finally tore down the wall and that kind of ended the Cold War, so to say, by tearing down at the wall. Um, but yeah, I thought it was um, interesting. I didn't realize that was today in history that he gave that famous speech. And um, I think Gorbachev ended up trying to make amends for kind of how, how he was as a leader towards the end of the uh, Soviet Union. But even now we're seeing in Russia, they're kind of trying to go back to the old days. But mm. yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Cold Wars. Do you think? Do you think we'll get another run of like Cold War era movies where we get like another Rocky and he's fighting <laughs> for the Russians or something like that? I don't know. Um, I'd like that. I know. I think Rocky was. He was supposed to. Um, whatever his face is that uh, played Rocky. What's his name? Um, um, people are yelling it right now. Uh, yeah, Sylvester they're yelling Sloan. right now. We're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just Stallone, one. sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he was supposed to release like a director's cut of maybe the fourth or fifth one. I don't know if he ever did or not. Um, I don't know. I hate when people just remake movies over and over again, and that's all we see now. It's just remakes of original movies. It's it's like, can we be a little more creative here? Can we come up with something else? It, like, we saw. Um... We saw the new Jurassic World the other day. Oh, did and, you? Uh, yeah, we did too. Oh, yeah? Uh, what'd you think? I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I was very disappointed, but I'll the second Jurassic World, which was Fallen Kingdom, right? Um, that one, that's when it kind of started to go downhill, when they started talking about cloning humans or um, yeah. whatever. Now, I won't spoil anything. <laughs> well, that was for the second one, though. Yeah, so that was Hopefully you've ago. watched yeah. it by then. But the third one, I won't spoil anything. But it kind of almost, they took the attention off the whole purpose of the dinosaurs. But I guess they're trying to show it started with dinosaurs and then it just kind of grew from there. Like, oh, we could do this, you know, with this kind of technology. But That was my thing. It didn't feel like there was a lot of dinosaurs in it. Like there, there was. there Like there, there was. Like focus. you see them. Yeah. They, but I like a lot of the time they're just running around and I was like, wait, what was that? Who was that? Where where did that come from? Like I didn't know. Like you don't even like get a good look at a lot of them. I feel no. like. See, uh, that, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it took a turn from, like it being a dinosaur movie. It was just something completely else. Like the Jurassic Park, the first and third one. I love those. Those were awesome. I, the third one's probably my favorite of Jurassic Park series. Um, those were really cool. And then even the first Jurassic World. I thought that one was pretty good because I like that they yeah, restarted the park yeah. and you know they wanted to start over and try it again. Um, and there was focus on the dinosaurs, um, but yeah, what the second and third one? It's I don't know. It kind of took a weird turn. 
It just didn't make sense. It wasn't focused on Jurassic. And when we think of Jurassic, we think of dinosaurs. They're just kind of like a backdrop. And they even had, I believe there's new dinosaurs in this third one because they've oh, talked yeah, a about, lot of new ones. Yeah. You know, like recent discoveries. I know this is off topic, but they I think a majority of dinosaurs had some type of feathers, right? And, uh, a lot of them did, yeah. Yeah, so they showed that more in this third one, but they didn't really describe what it was. They may just say, like, oh, that's a blah, 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 and that was it. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. nothing, like, yeah. in-depth like they did in the other ones. Um, so, yeah. Uh, here's, a, it, here's a bit of history for you, Justin. Uh, today is also, uh, in 1991, Chicago Bulls beat L.A. Lakers, uh, the Michael Jordan in his first NBA Finals appearance. That's nice. Cool. That's a big yeah. one. Started the great run. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else on here. I don't think so. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, we are going to go back on another break, just a a short one here. Um, And when we come back, we're going to give out our TGME, so our awards of the week. So we'll be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome Back to the Game Managers Podcast. We are about to give out our esteemed weekly sports awards, the TG Emmys. I'm Nick, and with me is Justin here. He's holding the little TG Emmys. He, he can't oh, yeah, wait. I've got he's, all the awards right here. He's, he's about to hand them out. When we call your name, just come up to the stage, please. Yeah, just come to the stage, okay. and we'll slap you across the face. <laughs> uh, in my first award, I'm going to give this week. This is the award for... Had to lose eventually, but still the best USFL team. And this goes to the Birmingham Stallions, who are now 9-1 mm. after dropping their first loss to the Houston Gamblers, 15-17 to on Saturday. Aren't Justin, the Gamblers 1-7? Watched... I don't know. I don't know. Well, have you watched the game yet? Uh, no, I have not. And I will not. <laughs> so you're just going to die on that hill. You're a few... if, I bought you, if I bought us tickets to go to a game, would you, would you go? Uh, it's a 50-50 shot. I would probably go, but I kind of like the streak I'm on now that I've not watched any of these games because, like I said, I have zero interest. It does not interest yeah. me at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I like it. Uh, let's see, the Gamblers, yeah, they're, they're I guess they were 1-7. Now they're, mm, I guess, 2-7. That's seven. brutal. Yeah. I mean, they had to lose eventually, right? Let's see. Yeah, you I mean, just I guess don't want to beat to. them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Probably got caught looking ahead. Justin, what uh, what award do you have for us? Ah, uh, it's my award. I don't know if this is allowed. Well, this is probably allowed to say. Uh, mine is for biggest. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll that look goes it up to sure. <laughs> uh, Tennessee baseball. Um, oh. Yeah, that goes to so. I don't know if you saw the video. This guy hit a ball out the center field. Center fielder kind of misplayed it. This was during the regional Tennessee Tennessee player. He hit the ball out the center field, and he kind of missed it, misplayed it. And the dude is rounding first, and he flicks him off out in center field. He just puts up the middle finger rise, rounding first base. Um, you've had the coach. He It was earlier in the season. He bumped into an umpire while arguing a uh, call with him. Um, and then he just... And then the other day, a player and assistant coach just got thrown out. This was Friday, I believe, for arguing balls and strikes. Um, they they are just a bunch of cocky players. And the coach is really 
cocky about everything. And, and I've seen people defending the middle finger thing, and I'm thinking, because they're like, oh, it's making baseball fun. And I'm like, what other sport are they flicking people off in? They don't <laughs> flick people off in football and That's basketball, yeah. as far as I see. Maybe to the fans. I don't know, but from time to time. But, I mean, round on first base, and you're flicking off the center fielder. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just stupid and cocky at that point. But I don't know why you have to defend it because you're over oh, making baseball fun again. There's other ways ways to make baseball fun than being an idiot. Um, <laughs> so yes, that's my award for the week. Congratulations, Tennessee. I hope you lose today. And and what's that the award for? Uh, biggest. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to get you to say it again because I'm probably gonna bleep it out. But oh, uh, boo. nobody, you didn't. I just wanted to say you didn't cuss. You didn't say anything wrong. I just, I don't know that I'm. A, we're allowed to say that. So I'm just gonna. Yeah, they may, it's they really may not, not ever yeah. air this sh- <laughs> show again. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna bleep it. But you didn't say anything really bad. So no, good, good fair. stuff. Good stuff. Okay, I've got the award for uh, for best of the week. The best thing we saw this week. Um, not a lot going on this week so far because we're in the middle of the finals and other things, but. Um, I'm going to give it to the Oklahoma Sooners, who won the Women's College World Series this week over Texas A&M, retaining the title now for two years in a row, sixth time in program history. Hey, now, not so, Texas A&M. They beat Texas, their big rival. Did they beat Texas? Yeah, they played Texas, you goober. That's even better, I think. It's even better. Good for them. Yeah, they swept, they swept them. Mm, lovely. Yeah, uh, nobody's beating that Oklahoma team. Yeah, not me, because I don't play softball, and also I'm not yeah, good enough. I don't enough. play softball, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, bust of the week, though. It goes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who could not avoid their season-high fifth consecutive loss to the Braves in Atlanta on Saturday. Despite a close game, for a time, the Braves ultimately won 10-4. to Great news for the defending World Series champs in Atlanta, but uh, terrible news for the now 24-33 and Pirates. They had a chance to maybe win one and just, just really lost pretty badly by the end of it. So, bust of the week. Congrats. Congrats. Um, and now, Justin, it's time for our final segment, Listener Letters. Go get us, write letters. We're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. All right, if you'd like to reach the show just like these couple of fine people did, you can do so by emailing us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Justin, our first letter comes from Jacob. He says, Hey guys, what is your prediction for Tennessee this year? I want to see the Vols continue their build back. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, Justin, no, I can Jacob, pull up nobody schedule. wants to see Tennessee build back. I want to see them 0-12. 0-12, like the good old days of like two years ago or whatever. Yeah, uh, let's I'm, look I'm, at almost their... start, I'm almost starting to hate them as much as Alabama fans hate them. I didn't really have an issue with them until this baseball team now, and now I just don't, I don't like them at all. <laughs> uh, well, they start out with a game against Ball State, so they should win that. Loss. <laughs> then they go to travel to Pitt, which they should win. That's going to be an L. Okay. Uh, they have they host the Akron Zips. Should be a win, but you I'll, say? I'll give them a win there. Okay, very good. Uh, Florida. So one and two. They, they host Florida. Florida loss. Uh, one and three. Yeah, that could be a loss. Uh, they got an off week, and then they travel to LSU. Loss, Big L. Probably. One and yeah. four. Uh, host Alabama the next week. Loss. One and five. Yep. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, UT Martin, after that, they hosted them. That's probably homecoming okay, or something. Okay, two and five. Okay, great. Uh, Kentucky hosted them. Mm, well, how Kentucky played last year, lost, two and six. Okay. Uh, at Georgia. Lost, wow. two and seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lost. Uh, Missouri Tigers. Mm, at Missouri, or are they hosting? They're hosting. Mm, I'll give them that one, three and seven. Okay. Uh, travel to South Carolina. That's a loss, three and eight. Travel to Vanderbilt to end the season. Mm, I'll give that four and eight. That's what you wow, get. Wow, so that, uh, you're saying you're saying not bowl eligible. <laughs> uh, you need five wins or six wins to be bowl eligible. Six traditionally. Actually, you know what? I'll give them the ball state game. So I'm saying five and seven, losing record for sure. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they start out three and zero going into that Florida game. I don't know how that's gonna go though. Uh, so I'll say, I'll say loss, lost to LSU, lost to Alabama. So then they're three and three. And then I'll say when UT Martin, I don't know about Kentucky. Yeah, they got to win an LSU game. I mean, they got to win an SEC eventually though. So I'll give it to them five and they lose to Georgia. That's five and four Missouri. I guess they'll win six and four. I'll say drop to South Carolina six and five, and then win Vanderbilt. I'll say seven and five. You get the same result as last year, so congrats. Yeah, Tennessee I'm gonna say five and seven, happen. so a little, a little drop yeah. back. Okay, and uh, another email comes from Daryl. He says, "What's the worst college football fan base?" <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. I think we did an episode on this once, uh, maybe years ago, but I think uh, I think I said Ohio State, and I stand by that. I do not like Ohio State. I uh, see mine either it's it's either Georgia. I'm just gonna actually clump yeah. all these together. Georgia sucks. Uh, Alabama has always been pretty annoying. Heck, even Auburn's kind of annoying, um, but not yeah. as bad as those two. Uh, LS- Auburn's uh, only LS- annoying LS- to their own fan base. <laughs> to their own fan base, yes. Yeah. Um, LSU awful. Uh, Tennessee, their fans have always sucked, especially more now. Um, Notre Dame. They just saw, they always act like they've won stuff now. They haven't won stuff in years. Um, yeah, Ohio State's kind of annoying. And then um, I guess that's it, really, that I can think of. But it's it's really just a bunch of SEC teams where their fan base just sucks. Yeah, it is, it is to be honest. And uh, Notre Dame. I don't like Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Um, I don't. Ugh. Well, thank you both, Jacob and Daryl, for your emails. Great questions. Uh, like we said, want to reach the show, GameManagersPod at gmail.com or TGMPod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Message us on any of those there. But that is the show for the week, Justin. We did it, and it feels good to be back. It feels like i got to wait well, off yeah, my chest. I, would, I don't know if I can say that, but it, I mean, it's, it's okay. <laughs> uh, we also have not did an episode for Ranked, the most iconic years in sports, for a while. That will be coming up this Thursday. Uh, so you can come back for that on podcast feeds. Other than that, uh, that yeah, brings us I mean, to the end of the show. That's it. Yeah, great, great episode. You're awesome. I've missed Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're talking to the fans. You're talking to the listeners. No, I, I was talking to you. <laughs> you're awesome. You're great. You're great. Yeah, I don't care about Thanks. them either. All right. Uh, we'll, they don't we'll pay me. Good... No, not directly. Uh, so have have a good week, everyone, <laughs> and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hey, Wargle, anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. 
Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara. Sayonara.